Hi, this is Bryson Stott, first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you're listening to the High Hopes Podcast with James Seltzer and Jack Fritz. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Uh, Jack, it seems like no matter what we do, we are never happy about the Phillies when we're talking to each other. No, I even tried to reverse jinx it. Like I've, I've been trying everything. I'm pulling out all the stops, you know, and it's just nothing's working, you know. Um, but at least, you know, they continue to battle and grind and then grind out at bats. <laughs> and I tell you what, man, I, I, if, you, if you're looking for motivation, I just, James, every day I want you to wake up and I want you to be as positive as you are in your life about yourself as the 2019 Philadelphia Phillies are. Um, about how they're going to turn this around and they're going to get hot. They promise. They promise they're going to get hot. They've got 49 games left. They promise that eventually it's going to come. They are they are too talented to not go on a run. So um, I, I want you to wake up every day with the blind uh, naivety, naive, being naiveness. There you go, naivete. Naivete. Uh, that, like that, that encompasses the 2019 Phillies. Yeah, Jack, well, all I know is that I was told when they're playing their best baseball mm. – they're unbeatable, Jack. Unbeatable. Words that after last night, after losing two and three to the, the friggin' White Sox and then going to Arizona, winning that first game with a really nice effort, like all phases of the game seem to be working for once, and then to just drop the next two and then to come out and say we could be unbeatable? Man, dude, let, let's let, let's start there, and we'll get into the Nightingale article about Kapler in a bit, but but with this series and with Kapler coming out after the game last night, first of all, the worst effort of the three from the Phillies last night. I mean, just, a, you know, at least in, in the second game, they were leading for a while, and you felt like, oh, maybe they can win this, and then it just fell apart, but, but last night was just over. They just had no chance. The offense was not showing up. Um where are you at with with obviously the series, but but like I keep saying, and again, I don't. I've said many times I don't need Gabe Kapler to to crap on his players publicly. Like I don't, I don't need it. I don't think it's super productive. But I'm sick of 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 this, man. I'm sick. It just it's so hollow and so it's it's almost like nauseating to hear him say these things at this point because it's just so fake. That's the problem, and you know, you, you hear a guy like Doug Peterson talk, and you're like, "That's a real guy. That's a guy that every time he talks, it's like I could see guys wanting to play for him, and I could, I could see him relating well to the city. I just, I just don't think Gabe is ever going to mesh well. Even like me and you being pro Gabe and and his philosophies and whatnot, and we, I want Gabe to succeed because I think. Gabe is is where baseball is trending, and I think the and I think this city needs uh, I think this city needs an influx of modern baseball. I just think that we've been living in the Stone Age, and they need the the the, the majority of this fan base needs to see baseball played the modern way, the right way, so we can stop every time just stop complaining about analytics and complaining about where baseball is going, and and actually have a fun baseball team that is smart. And can can do the things that modern baseball teams do. I want Gabe Kapler to succeed, but I just don't think that 
like we have been in Philadelphia for too long. Like me and you have lived in Philadelphia. I mean, you you grew up in New York, so you were a New York sports fan. Um, but it was <laughs> it was New York in the eighties. So I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to live in New York yeah. in the eighties. But there 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 is no more formative becoming a Philly sports fan experience than being a Phillies fan around a bunch of New York fans. <laughs> let me tell you, Jesus. I just that kind of talking. It just does not. It does not work here. Saying your team is going to be unbeatable when they go on a run, which you've been saying. Well, you never said unbeatable, but he, the whole team's been saying they've been going on a run since like I don't know May, and there's 49 games left. There's 49 games left. Like, where's the run coming from? Are you ever going to go on a run? Like, if you like, how do you how do you keep saying we're going to go on a run? We're going to go on a run, and then you're just going to run out of time. This is what happened in September last year. Like, this is what we're watching right now is basically September of last year, except it's August of 2019. And that's what it feels like. And and they they, they keep saying, oh, we're going to go, we're going to go, and then they just run out of time, and they never actually put the pedal to the metal. It feels like they've never had the sense of urgency to put the pedal to the metal. We got to show up, show up or shut up. And I actually thought. I thought Reese, uh, after game two, was the first time when I was like, all right, he actually understands what we're talking about. He understands that we're like, dude, you guys have to start playing better. Reese, you have to start playing better. Like, everyone has to start playing better if you're going to go on a run. And to come out after playing again, just a uninspiring effort. Again, like if, you, if, they, if they actually fought and clawed and grinded their way through a ball game and you come out and say that, like, we're going we're gonna to fight, we're going to grind, then it's like, okay, sure, I'll get behind that. But when you say, like, we're, un- we're going to be unbeatable when we go on a run after you just lay down for the last three hours, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it, it doesn't give you any credibility with the players, with the media, with the fans. Like, and it, you, whatever you say in the locker room, whatever you say in the locker room, but if you're a player in that locker room and you hear him come out and say, we're going to be unbeatable, like, that's not baseball. Baseball players are not stupid. Again, like they, like they you're in the dugout all the time. You're just watching your teammates all the time. They see what's going on. They see what's if, if they're actually fighting, if they're actually doing whatever they need to win a ball game. And for him to just come out and keep doing this, it doesn't help anyone. No, uh, it, it hurts. It, it be, I'm with you, Jack, because maybe there are guys in the clubhouse who don't care what he says after and don't pay attention to it. But there are definitely guys in that clubhouse who hear what he has to say and say, what planet is this guy living on? You know, how are we supposed to win games when the guy in charge is like, oh, they'll figure it out. They'll be great. We're going to be great. Everything's great. Everything's not great. Everything is definitively not great. And you talk about going on a run when you haven't won more than five games in a row all season. I mean, the Mets are sitting a half game back you now winning 13 of 14. The team that was a joke earlier this season, we were joking, oh, if only the Phillies could play the Mets every time because that's the only team they seem like they can handle. And now the Mets are the hottest team in baseball. You can't give us this BS rhetoric about, oh, we're going to be unbeatable, we're going to go and run, while a team that you thought you had dead and buried behind you is running right past you or about to run right past you. I mean, it's it's asinine. It looks stupid. It looks silly. It makes you look silly. It makes, again, it gives you zero credibility both in the clubhouse, in the city, with the fans. I just think it's a really bad look, especially after, like you mentioned, what happened last season. After letting the club, and again, we all agree that club, it was a lot of it was regression to the mean. They weren't very good. Yep. They were eventually going to to have some sort of a, you know, regression back to where they should be type of thing. But 
That was extreme what happened last year. And to have that happen under Gabe's watch and to have it even just feel like it's going to happen again or is happening again, I mean, that's outrageous, Jack. I mean, that's the kind of thing where where that should, if you're a manager and, and a team and that happens to you, it should never happen again with that group of guys. It's it's beyond unacceptable. And, and yes, they have 49 games to turn it around, but – I just don't know why we should believe they're going to. And they, and like you said, what, give me one time they had a big spot and they showed up for it. Just one this season. I got zero. Zero? Yeah, zero. Zip. Zero. Yep, no, it's zero. Besides like the Mets series. And that was about it. And like, remember when the Mets were a laughing stock? I missed, I missed the Mets. I missed the laughing stock Mets. And now the yeah, we like, all do. Honestly, James, I was watching uh, the, when they had three solo home runs in an inning, and Pete Alonso like had the big one that put him ahead or whatnot. And it was like I was jealous. I was jealous of the Mets. That should never happen. I should never be jealous of the Mets. But like, dude, just imagine this town. Imagine this town if if they went on a run and won like ten of eleven. Or, or or thirteen and fourteen, like the Mets, like we would be on fire talking about this Phillies team, and they just can't do it. They can't win more than four games in a row. It's physically. I don't know if they, like. Here's the thing. Here's the problem with the twenty nineteen Phillies, and I don't know if they. I don't know if they weren't aware of this or whatnot. But uh, they they're not allowed to play with the juice balls. That's a a bona fide fact. <laughs> and they're not allowed to win more than four games in a row. Now they did break the one rule that they weren't allowed to break, which was they're allowed to have more than one lefty starter in a, in in the rotation. Um, they now have two. Maybe they're starting to kind of you know figure out some things. They're also allowed to have more than one lefty option in the bullpen. So those are two good things to see. But again, what they are forgetting, and I don't know if they know this or not, but there are juice balls in baseball this year, and I would just like to give a, a big uh, warm welcome to the 20 home run club for Bryce Harper. Uh, finally, number 20 last night, just a, an absolute bomb in the ninth inning. Um, a really important home run. So welcome. <laughs> yeah, down six, nothing. It was just massive. Welcome to the 20 home run club, Bryce. Uh, everyone else is playing the juice baseballs. The Phillies are not. I think they should go to major league baseball and make sure that is, uh, make sure that is remedied. Um, it's just, it's, it's, 20, 2018 September should never happen again. It should never happen again, and you're right. It's happening with the same guys, but with better players. That's the problem. Like This team is better than last year. They've had worse injuries this year. The rotation is not as good. But you have JT Romito, Gene Segura, Bryce Harper in, added to that lineup instead of Wilson Ramos, Drupal Cabrera, Justin Bohr, and whatnot, and the same thing's happening again. And I, I just think it's ridiculous that the same thing is happening again. They never show up. They never play with emotion. They never play with their hair on fire. And then yesterday, the 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 Bob Nightingale article comes out, and it's like everyone loves him. Everything's fine. The front office is the front office is in love with with Gabe Kapler. Uh, I just don't know. I don't know how. Like that just feels like a a tone deaf. We don't really care about winning. We're just happy that the guy's a good guy, and and his philosophies are aligned with the front office. I. No one down there knows how to build a baseball team. All right, quote-unquote from the Nightingale article. The Phillies haven't won, and the fans are furious, but he remains beloved, beloved, beloved. by the front office. Quote-unquote, they love his passion and sincerity. They love his willingness to be fully indoctrinated in their organization, whether it's telephoning and welcoming new employees, making ticket sales calls, or volunteering for research projects. They love his conviction and beliefs. Really? Really? That's that's the that's the crap that we need from our manager right now. We're talking about how invested Gabe is as a Philly. 
that's a that's a, a reason to be beloved. It, that's asinine, Jack. I mean, this is pure absurdity here. And obviously, we know where this comes from. This is being put out to quell the talk, to to you know, kind of let people know Gabe's our guy, whatever it is. Um, but man, I mean, if they really think that way, and and the the line they love is willingness to be fully indoctrinated in their organization is basically saying they love that he's their puppet. That yes. is a rephrasing of that sentence. Yes, they love that Gabe is their puppet and will do what they want him to do. That's alarming, Jack. And you're, I, I took away the same exact thing. They are happy that he just says yes. And listen, I like to give Gabe to his credit, like gives a crap. Like he he, I believe him when I when he says like I'm doing all the research, I'm reading all the stuff, I'm trying to find. Like I think he's, I think he does work his ass off. And and but it, the the problem is is that for for two years it hasn't come across that way. Like with the players, like they're not playing. They didn't, they're, not, they're not really playing for him and for the organization to just continue to be like, no, everything's fine. Like you guys, the, the problem is they, is they go, you guys are the crazy ones. It's like, I don't think so, man. I, I, there's a lot of smart baseball people in this town and there's people that watch that team every night and they watch other baseball teams every night and it's like there's something off with this Phillies team. There's been something off for two straight years and for them just to not – it's that it was a really weird, weird article, and like even the open of it was like Gabe Kapler with his black Adidas hat and black Adidas shirt with his veins popping out sits behind his glass, sits behind his desk, like he's just in calm and serenity. It was a, it was just a a weirdly worded thing. Um, I I I can't believe I can't believe that. Like I just I don't know if you if you can take John Middleton for his words anymore. Like saying I'm I'm gonna get that trophy back or die trying or whatever, and all I care about is winning. Well, that's just not not true. Because obviously you don't care that much about winning, or something would be done by now. Like th- there's no real reason for John Maley to still be here. Like there's just not. Like you can you can make a, an organizational shakeup. Like it's not gonna you know, cost them the rest of the season. I don't know. I just, it might help them. Look at the Mets. They fire their pitching coach. They bring in the thousand year old dude and things have turned around. Yeah. I did. I just, it was a annoying. It's just annoying. It's everything. It's an annoying article and it's just tone deaf. The, the whole way the front office and the Phillies organization in general, the way they have approached their fan base has been so incredibly tone deaf with all of this. They started off by promising the playoffs, promising a contender and all that. And then they have systematically not done the things that a team like that would do, whether it's adding salary, whether it's making significant moves to help them now in the future, all that type of stuff. They have come out publicly, Klentak and McPhail, and tamped down expectations, tamped down excitement. If we don't, we don't. And all that crap, just that, just a, a horrendous way to approach this specific fan base and then on top of that they keep leaking these stories at the most tone-deaf times that only make us more mad like the stories about Clentac and McPhail's extensions this story about Kapler and the, the love of them for him within the organization it's just all very weak attempts to try and craft the message and control the narrative when every single Philadelphia Phillies fan sees right through it and it is it is so incredibly tone deaf. They just don't get it. 
They don't understand, and they're going up against a team that is getting back into football tonight. That team in green is going to be playing again tonight, and it's a team that friggin' gets it and knows how to appeal to their fans, knows how to put together a winner, knows how to go about their business in a in a like you always talk about a very smart, forward-thinking way. The Phillies are going to lose. Like it's over. Like the Eagles are back. This product right now. Every fringe Phillies fan, everyone who's been paying attention is back on the Eagles now. And they should be. I can't blame them. I can't say, oh, no, 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 stick with the Phillies. Why should you? Like, we're going to, obviously. We'll live and die with this team. If they were a sixty on pace for a 60-win season, you and I would be sitting here talking about prospects and mostly, bringing this guy up in that. We're mostly going to die. I mean, it's it's yes, definitely not live. But like, <laughs> but, like, I don't blame them. You've talked a lot about multiple times this season about the Phillies' chance to grab this city, yeah. to grab it back, the, the baseball town that it can be. And right now, it feels like they missed that shot. Well, when you punt the trade deadline, it's it's pretty easy to see that that they just, you know, they get when you when you punt the trade deadline in the way that they did, they just they don't care if they get trounced by the Eagles. Honestly, they probably rather they probably prefer it. They probably prefer it. Like if 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 September of 20 20- Take them out of the headlines and yeah. just like let them finish out the string. Like if if September of 2018 happened to like the Eagles or whatnot, like it was uh like the like uh, well, it was almost it almost did happen that after Thanksgiving in what 2014 when they were uh, oh sure nine and three yeah when they're nine and three and then didn't make the playoffs like that's kind of the equivalent of what happened it was just meltdown city um and like you're right like they're they're just gonna get trounced now like no one's gonna be talking about them there's no buzz and you know the only thing that can save them is is this team going on a run like like if you can go on a Mets like run and it's still the preseason. Um, and you can go on a mess like run and, and kind of steal some headlines back. Like that's the only way people are going to talk about you, because because this this city is just engulfed with the Eagles right now. Like the Eagles are viewed as a team that's ready to win a world, uh, Super Bowl all over again, and 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 that's what a whole city is expecting two years after they just won the Super Bowl. Like this is this is the most buzz for an Eagles training camp I think since '04. Like. That's what that's what the Phillies are going up against, and if they don't give them, go on a run and don't give this fan base something else to talk about, like no one's going to talk about the Phillies besides the people that really care, like me, you, and the High Hopes Nation. There may only be the people in uh, <laughs> the care are going to be at High Hopes Night on uh, August seventeenth. Come hang with us August seventeenth, High Hopes Night. We uh, pin tweets night. on our twitters. Uh, still tickets left for Spodgers. We're gonna have fun oh, no matter what. It should have been such a positive night. Oh, it's... Yeah. Hey, look, look. If nothing else, we'll all drink beers together and 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 drown our sorrows and have a blast. So. Yeah, that's as the worst case scenario is beers, which is yes. never a bad scenario. Exactly. And we're gonna have fun no matter. You know what's what? so weird I though? Mean, like they're still they're still what a half game out of the wild. No, wild. they're in the wild. They're card. in the wild card. Today they are tied with the Brewers for the second wild card. If the season, Jack, if the season ended today, uh, uh, they would be playing a playing game versus the wild cards for a chance to play another playing game against the Nationals. That's what's so ridiculous is that like dichotomy of this season where on the one hand, I think a lot of Phillies fans are really annoyed with this team. They're angry at them. They're not enjoying watching them on a night-to-night basis. I know we're not. The The tone of our podcast the last few weeks tell you how much fun we're having staying up to one in the morning to, to watch this product, but yet they can't fall out of it. They're still right there as a wild card contender, and – it really is. A, I don't ever remember a scene. Like I think you said on the last pod. Like at what point are people going to be in? Like if there's a, a two weeks left in the season and they're 
a game up in the wild card, are people still going to be saying fire Kapler? I hate this team. Or are people going to say, all right, let's make a run here. It's, it's, I really, it's a really strange feeling around this team right now, considering where they are, what they could do and how we all feel about them. That's the weird. That's the weirdest part about this team. Like there's going to be a week left in the season and they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs and people are still going to be saying to themselves, this team's not good. <laughs> like, like every time I watch the team, I'm like, they're not good. But every day I wake up and they're right in the thick of things in the second wild card, which is not. I tell you what, like the second wild card has been good for the AL, um, but like this Whoa. year in the NL, it is just it is horrible. Like the Phillies should not be sniffing a playoff spot. The Brewers, the Phillies, and the Brewers are the same run differential. Like so, the Brewers must not be very good either. It's 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 whole, like those teams should not be playoff teams. That's crazy. I mean, think about it this way. All right. If the Phillies were in the American League right now, they would be seven games out of a wild card. Seven games out of the wild card. Yeah. Think about that. It's crazy. They would be seven games out of it. And that's with another team, the A's, who are only a half game out of it. So they'd be six and a half behind the team that is closest to being in it but out of it. I mean, really? Uh, uh, yeah, everything's Look, fine. I think, Quick, who quickest turnaround in, in baseball history? Oh God, it's so embarrassing. Like it really is embarrassing almost when they when they try and tout that stuff. And again, it's just um, like they just keep not showing up, man. I mean, like we should bring to signs lo- to high hopes night. Like quickest turnaround in in, in baseball oh, history. Oh, oh, I love that idea. That's actually really funny. Oh my God, that's actually great. Bring the trophy back or die trying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some sarcastic signs all in that uh, I mean, but that, and that's a shame that we that we feel that way. It's just. Oh, because I mean, we're not again, stupid. Like, we're not freaking stupid, man. Like, thank you. Like, I, know. Like, 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 I don't know how any baseball fan or Phillies fan listens to them say quickest turnaround in baseball history and can sit there and say that's a good, smart comment when you look at the cores of the other teams. Like, oh my god, dude! I just watched the Astros. I've, I've watched two straight because of the late start. I've watched a lot of Aki, Astros Rockies, and they're—I mean—they just go down the lineup with George Springer, Altuve, Bregman, Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, who's like off to a historic start for rookie and is a monster. Yuli Gurriel, eight freaking RBI yesterday. Yeah, I mean Correa. It is just. Stud after stud after stud after stud. They have Kyle Tucker waiting in the minors who would be like fifth in the Phillies lineup if they had him and brought him up today. I mean, like, it's 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 infuriating. It's infuri- I watch these teams. I watch the, the Red Sox who are have a better record than the Phillies but are six games out of a playoff spot in the American League. And guys like Rafael Devers, who's 22 and is just a freaking star. Like, an amazing hitter. I just where are where are our guys, Jack? Where where is this turnaround produced? These guys for us, these freaking core franchise players who are also the best players in this sport. They're well, not here. They tried to buy them. I mean, they tried to buy core players, and they did. I mean, Bryce Harper's a core player. Real Muto's a core player. Hoskins, Kingery, core players, but they're not good enough. <laughs> like that's the that's the problem. Like I think Kingery and Hoskins are both. Good players. I think Harper has obviously way more ability than he's shown this year. And New Stance Harper, I like New Stance Harper. I just I think, do too. I think it, I do too. Like 
I feel like there's at least six times in the in the in the Diamondback series. Not all were hits, but balls were just tattooed off his bat. Like it looks like it looks like he created more leverage. Um, with, it with just makes stand. sense. Like just practically, what like the the he's had problems getting the bat in the the barrel in the zone in the time he's needed to. He struggled with fastballs all season. We've talked about. It. I think that well, it makes a, it makes a lot of sense. Right, but it makes a lot of sense that stance. Well, and that's that's. The thing I like the most about the stance that he has right now, which I'm sure he'll change when he feels like it, but um, that's the closest it's been since, or closest it's been to his 2015 stance. Uh, well, he did it a couple times in Washington, but still, like that's that was his 2015 stance. He, he had it was just straight up and would just go, like rather than have the have the all the moving parts and whatnot. So I hope he kind of sticks with it because I think that it could get him back to being uh, the Bryce Harper that we all know and are, are hoping for and again welcome to the 20 home run club on august 7th well and that's like think about it if you know and again i think we made it pretty clear that it's ridiculous to assume this team will or can go on a run but if they go on a run it's going to be because that dude yep. finally starts being yeah. the guy yeah. we thought we were getting james like I- that I just, there's just one thing that you were talking about a second ago with the, the quickest turnaround thing and like I, I'll, I'll ask this question, and I'll ask this question until he's fired or whatever. What modern baseball team is employing Andy McPhail? Like, who who in twenty? Like, imagine the Astros being like, you know what we need? A guy who built the ninety-one Twins. <laughs> like, are you freaking kidding me, man? Like, it's like a, with the way baseball point, is man. trending, with the way baseball is trending, and the way that it's it, like, I feel like John Middleton hired Andy McPhail to hold back analytics and hold back this team from being smart. Like he he brought in an old school baseball guy to to just calm everyone down with the whole analytics movement. Even though all the best teams are going more and more analytically driven, Yankees, right, Rays, Red Sox, Dodgers, Astros, Indians, smart teams, all analytically driven, all with forward thinking front offices. Why is there a guy in this front office who built the ninety one Twins, had a part in building the Orioles, who? Are where the Phillies were, except way worse from 2012 to 2016. Like, why is that guy employed by a modern, forward-thinking organization? He is a he is horrible. Every single time he talks, I feel worse. Every like, who in their right mind tries to compare the Phillies rebuild to what the Astros and Cubs did? Who is that? Who is that much of an idiot? It's Andy McPhail. I don't want. I he is. If I can get one thing accomplished this offseason ahead of firing John Maley, it is getting rid of that guy. I don't want him anywhere near this Phillies organization. That guy is a disaster, and I he is holding. I think he's holding back the whole organization. Yeah, I I, I agree with the disaster part. I don't think he has as much power. He's the president uh, of the I, team. He's the pre- every I know, everything I know, goes but to I him. I really ultimately. think he's meant. I think he's there as a, a face and a figure. And granted, that's not worked. But I think the idea was, all right, we'll bring in someone who is a quote unquote respected baseball man, right. so and then that way we could do the analytic stuff and have a little bit of a guise of, no, of need that. You know, we've, you know, I, I yeah. Look, it's all stupid. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't need Andy McPhail here. Think about Andy McPhail. I'll get angry. Yeah, and look again. You look at these teams, and and you know. Just all these freaking studs. Like I watched Fernando Tatis hit another home run last night. I'm like, that'd be cool to have that guy. You know, it's just there's so many of them, and uh, it it's frustrating, man. I I don't 
it's it's frustrating as much because of as annoying as this season has been, and we just talked about it. It's it's even more frustrating for the implications for the future. You know, it's 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 where is this team going? Where are we headed? What who do we have that we can count on? Where's our Ronald Acuna? Where's our Fernando Tatis Jr.? Where where are these guys? You know, and you know you hope that Bryce Harper can turn back into that. Obviously, an older version of those guys, but Harper has shown to be uh, the ceiling is is an elite you know, best player in baseball type of guy. But, um, I mean, there just aren't, like you said, Hoskins is a really nice player. I think Kingery is a good player. I think you know, they have guys who who can be nice players. Uh, and Romuto is a great catcher and all that. But, man, I, they're certainly lacking on the, oh, this 20-year-old kid is going to be the next star in the sport type guys. Johan Rojas, told you, it, telling you. It seems, like, it seems like so many, but it seems like so many of these teams have it, you know, whether it's Juan Soto in, in Washington or Acuna and uh, Albies, and, you know, you could say Trey Turner in Washington too or whoever you want to say. I mean, obviously the Dodgers with Bellinger and, and they're just so many of these guys and the Astros have like six of them. It's just, it's, it's frustrating, man. They're not a smart baseball team. All right. Uh, anything else from the the Diamondback series? I mean, you know, there's really not much to say uh, in my mind. Yeah, we didn't even get to see. We didn't even get to see Penvetta. I know. I mean, what what were they thinking? A series doesn't what, count unless you get Penvetta. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's well, in my opinion. Oh, can it not count? That would be great. I'd be <laughs> yeah, down. It doesn't count on the standings. Uh, 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 it's what sucks is that Mon- uh, Monday. Yes, Monday. Monday, I thought was the best game they had played all year. Like. Uh, all of I, I, I was, I was, I was back in. I, I, again, I came into you on Monday or Tuesday afternoon. And I was like, I'm back in. I think that like last night was a turning point because I was so excited. Like they played a game on Monday night. They bunted. They, they like three straight smart, ideal, I, ideally placed bunts or I like good ideas for bunts. Um, yeah, it was good. That I thought would have uh, manufactured some runs. They, they executed like three steals. They played good defense. Vinny had the, uh, the nice play, the double play. Or whatnot. How about Vinny? Seven innings. Uh, Vinny, he, he went looked, seven, man. I mean, I'm not. Gonna, come on, I'm not going to buy into him, but I just no again, because we've seen it before. But but right now he's in a groove. I think I think playing left field kind of gave him that cockiness a little bit. And I, I think so too. I think it really might have. Like I, it almost sounds ridiculous to say that, that making plays in left field made him a better pitcher, but. We always talk about confidence and trusting his stuff. Maybe it did give him a little burst of confidence. Maybe. Um, and then Arietta just, un- of course, like he has a decent outing. And after the game, he's like, I thought I should have gone longer. It's like, it's like, dude, like you got hit hard in the fifth inning. Like, relax. Like, you got through it. But my God, it's just anytime he pitches even remotely well after the game, you know it's coming. It's like, oh, I was great. I need more for my guys. Or, or yep. I should have kept going out there. And then, and then Ranger Suarez, like, literally just couldn't throw a strike. Like, just couldn't throw a strike. It was mind-blowing. It's like, it's like, I do this on Sundays. Like, I can do this on Sundays. I can't find the strike zone either. But you're a major league pitcher, and I wonder if he's hurt. Um, I know he had trouble getting loose um, on Friday night, so I wonder if he's... I wonder if his arm's giving him some problems. That would, that's what it looked like to me. But he did look fine last night, so... Um, maybe not, hopefully not, because they, they need any kind of bullpen help they can get. Um, and then finally Blake Parker came down to earth, and we see why the Twins <laughs> DFA'd him. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I was just so disappointed because Monday was a beautiful baseball game. Like I was watching Monday, and I was like, this is baseball. You know, well-timed bunts, well-timed steals, good defense, timely hitting, baseball. And then Tuesday happened. Although Adam Hazley got three hits, so... 
Honestly. Ace has been good. He can handle the bad. It's been nice. Yes. Yes. He's a he's a professional hitter. <laughs> All right. Uh, Giants coming up. Obviously, we want them to take three or four at this point. The Nats just, just split, swept them. Split. I'll be happy. If you, What'd you if, say? I said the Nats just swept them. So, you, so fingers crossed. Fingers crossed we can that, take, that, we can split. <laughs> fingers crossed we can split. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, you got anything else in the note bag? Uh, tonight's game's on YouTube, which is always fantastic. It's going up oh, against. Oh, man. I can't wait for the complaints. It, do, it doesn't affect me. I have YouTube on my TV. It's yeah. not a, it doesn't, it works fine for me, but man, a lot of people don't love it. No, people, people don't love it at all. Um, my, all right. I guess I'll do. I guess I'll do one note bag thought and then final thought. Wonderful. Um, the Phillies are three for thirty-four since July first with the bases loaded, and they are. Oh man! They are zero for fourteen with less than two outs and bases loaded, and since Get July first. Out of here! That is hard to believe. Shout that. out to Boop Stats for that one, Bob Vitron. Oh my god! That's brutal. That's unbelievable. Like that and it is, did feel like they left the bases loaded like six times in this Arizona series. Well, dude, how about how about last night? I felt like every inning they got a base runner on first base to, like, to lead off an inning. Like Zach Gallon, I think I think three straight innings had a runner on first, or the first batter of an inning was on first base, whether it was a hit or a walk. Like, are you guys? Like, that's what I'm saying. That, like, that's what I'm saying with the, the John Maley stuff, and the, and this leads me to to my final thought: is that the big inning is freaking stupid. It is it is a horrible way to think just obsessing about a big inning and, and breaking through and hitting home runs. Listen, your team's not built that way. Change it up. Like find a way to manufacture some freaking runs. How about instead of just putting guys into your system, you have your, you adapt to the players in your system. Crazy concept, except Every other team does it all the time. Your team is not built to out slug teams. You are you have Kingery, Segura, Cesar. You have to let Hoskins and 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 Hoskins and Harper drive those guys in real mudo. Those those four guys outside of Harper and Hoskins are not guys that you can play for a big inning with. Those are guys that you have, you have to methodically methodically beat teams. You have to go you have to manufacture runs, go base to base, like win games that way, forcing them to to play for a big inning and just always try to hit a home run and and slug and whatnot. That's not how this team's built. They didn't bring in players. The Phillies' offseason did not bring in players to fit the system that they want to run. Harper fits it. Real Mito does not. Real Mito is fantastic and he's a good player and whatnot, but he is not what they he is not a, a Met Clentech kind of player. Gene Segura, same thing. Segura is a 280 to 300 hitter with like a 310 OBP. He's not an on base guy. He's not a C pitches guy. The big inning is it is just it does not work for this team. Try something else. Like if you have to go base to base and you have to manufacture a run, you have to do the little things that help you win, then do it. Because you you're the players that you brought in and are already here are not those kind of players. And even Hazley. Hazley is not an on base percentage guy. He is a hit the baseball guy. Like like I just think that they have players that fit the the Red Sox, Twins, um, Astros mentality of not striking out and and always making hard contact, and they're trying to to build this team like the Dodgers, but they're not Dodgers like players. Yeah, Lo, I think it's a massively important point. I've always said in any sport, whether it's football, baseball, whatever, that the best coaches, the best managers, are the ones who 
see the talent they have and then fit what they do around that talent. Like use your players at what they do best instead of saying like that was Chip Kelly's problem. Chip Kelly came in here and said, this is my system. You all will figure it out and fit into my system. When instead he should have been looking at his players and saying, all right, you do this really well. I'm going to have you do this. You do this really well. I'm going to have you do this. I mean, it's what, and, and conversely, what Peterson did with Foles. Peterson in 2017 said, all right, Nick, what we did with Carson, that's not working for you. Let's totally change this up. And they won a Super Bowl. I, I think it is the number one trait that great managers, great coaches have is the ability to adapt to what your talent gives you. And this organization has done a horrendous job of it. And they, and like you said, the players don't fit what they want to do. They have an 8% walk rate over the last 30 days, Jack. As a team, an 8% walk rate. Like, stop it. Just stop trying to do things that way because it ain't working. These guys are not built for that. I, I, I think that is a great, great final point. I don't really even have much else to say. My final thought is just uh, I can't believe it took uh, until now for them to announce that they're going to play a game at the Field of Dreams uh, field in Iowa. Uh. August 13, 2020. Super cool. Yankees, White Sox, I can't wait till that becomes a thing and the Phillies get to play. That's just cool. Baseball should do more stuff like that. Oh, my God. Well, that's what makes the Little League thing so so special. Like they have Exactly. To, they have to find ways to make the game special and cool and have people talk about it. Um, one more finalish thought. Um is that Moniac homered twice last night? Yeah, uh, buddy. Alec Baum homered last night, uh, and I just would like to say it's a it's a coincidence that maybe our favorite driveline minor league hitting coordinator was in attendance and has been working and writing the last couple of days. Don't know if there's a coincidence there, but hmm. maybe there hmm. is. Maybe he should be our future hitting coach, Jason Otra. Yeah, maybe he's now. Wait, right? speaking Again, of our speaking of our guy, the Dodgers Jason, have a guy who's never like no one ever heard of, never played in the league. Just just do it. Speaking Think of smart. Speaking of our guy, Jason Ochart, did you see uh, Trevor Bowers? Um, I did. Players Weekend <laughs> name. So cool. That's our guy. Jay Ochart. He's, he's big time now. I hope he still remembers us, you know, now that he's I big know. time like that. It would be nice if he could remember who we are. Um, be, yeah. We'd really appreciate it. It's asking a lot, all right? It's asking a lot. But Mickey Moniak. Having Mickey, a career well, year. Hey, Jack, it's time to start talking about the future because the present is disappointing. Very disappointing. All right, uh, and back. Kendall Simmons is homered in like five of seven games for yeah. For the cross I saw cutters. that. That's an interesting name. Young kid was he nineteen? Got some pop. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, we will always have you covered on that stuff because uh, the future is important, especially so when all the we care about sucks. now. <laughs> yeah, Pie Hopes Night again, August seventeenth, coming out. I swear, whatever's happening with the team, we're gonna have a blast. I can promise you that. And uh, we'll we'll have some more stuff to announce with that. Coming up soon as well, and uh, rate and review the podcast because it makes Jack really happy, and we need to be happy right now because uh, the Phillies have not helped us out with that. Hopefully, when we are back on Monday, it will be to discuss better things. Either way, until then, he's Fred some seltzer. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>